Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And you know, David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because great sex matters. And we all deserve it. We sure do. So, have you ever considered taking cannabis before your sexual encounters to heighten your senses and boost your confidence in the bedroom? On today's show, we're going to get specific about the types of conversations that you need to have with your partner before and after your sexual experiences with cannabis so that you can create an incredibly sensory experience together. Absolutely. All right. As we do on every show, let me tell you about our top waterproof blanket, which now comes in four reversible colors because nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak proof and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. And now we have a new sexy pink and blue reversible blanket, both colors representing the ribbons supporting breast cancer and prostate cancer. And to support the cause, we'll donate $5 from each blanket sold to a charity that helps cancer survivors get back in the sack, because great sex matters, and cancer survivors deserve it too. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and search for Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket, and order yours today. Great sex starts now. It sure does, and so does today's show. You know, we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And we are so excited to welcome back today's special guest. Ashley Manta is an award-winning sex educator and coach, and she's become the sought-after authority on mindfully combining sex and cannabis as part of her canisexual brand. Also, Ashley is the author of the book, The CBD Solution, Sex. I love it. Ashley, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, and uh, I know you've been busy traveling, so we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It is always a pleasure to see the two of you. And you know that cannabis is getting to be such a popular topic these days that we're so glad that you're able to combine, like you said, your cannabis and sex into your canisexual brand. Uh, So remind us a little bit about how you got into the field of sexuality and how you developed your brands. Absolutely. I started out as the person who talked about sex a little bit too much and a little too openly growing up. And that sort of paved the way. I really actually thought that I was going to be a lawyer when I grew up. And it turned out that that was not what the universe had in store for me. So when I was in college, I was certified as a rape crisis counselor and a sexual violence prevention educator. And I started doing the very trauma focused uh, violence prevention work which was wonderful and powerful and high burnout. So somewhere around 2011, 2012, I was like, I can't 
do this anymore. I need to pivot to the pleasurable side of sex, the things that are yummy and enjoyable and make you go, fuck yes. (laughs) And so when I moved to LA in 2013, I became a phone sex operator. I started working at the pleasure chest and meeting all of the sex toy companies and lube companies and and networking with, with porn performers and other sex professionals, therapists, bloggers, and such. And I found it to be such an incredibly loving, rich, supportive community. And then there was still something missing. I hadn't honed in on on my specialty. You know, I taught dirty talk, I taught blowjobs, you know, the things that all sex educators kind of have in their wheelhouse. But I had always had pain with penetration from my own history of trauma. And I found that a THC infused oil put on my pussy 20 minutes before sex allowed me to have penetrative sex without pain. And that was such a light bulb moment for me. I looked around the landscape and I thought, oh my gosh, there are no sex professionals talking about sex and cannabis. This could be my thing. And Canisexual was born. Wow, that's cool. And you also talk about your Elevated Intimacy Academy. Yes. So I love teaching in person. It's one of my favorite things to do, but I hate being bound by time and space, especially living in Los Angeles where traffic can take an hour for some folks. So I decided to put my teachings into digital format so that people could access them from anywhere in the world in the privacy of their own homes. And if they had a little bit of of shyness about coming out to a pegging workshop or a sex and cannabis workshop, that they could do that um, feeling more anonymous and, and able to respect their privacy in their own homes. Wow, that's very, very, very cool. So I got a question. I got a question. You know, um, yes. actually, you've been on our show many times. We always bring you on for... Um, April 20th, which is, you know, the world day where everybody celebrates cannabis and and the fact that now, you know, it's legal in so many different countries in the world. But are you finding that uh, the world of marijuana, cannabis, CBD, THC, all that is becoming more accepted? Or are there still those pockets and pieces of people that said, you know, you guys who smoke up are just a bunch of druggies? That definitely still exists, although it is certainly becoming more socially acceptable in more places. The the reefer madness drug war did a lot of damage, especially in the United States, to what people think is true about people who consume cannabis, that they are irresponsible, that they're lazy, that they're not functional. And I have met so many cannabis-consuming CEOs and other corporate executives, uh, people who are incredible parents and partners and who are doing really profound things in the world. So I, I look forward to that stigma continuing to abate over time, but we are still fighting it in some ways. And even early on in my career, people told me, no one's ever going to take you seriously if wow. you talk about sex, sex and weed. and but weed. Wow, both. <laughs> jokes on them. <laughs> Did you cheer when earlier this year President Biden um, allowed all those people who were had records or were in prison for possession, possession yeah. um, to just um, get rid of their records. I was very grateful for that as a step. Um, it only applied, unfortunately, to a very small amount of people. So I would like to have seen that go much farther right. than it did. But any positive step is something that I think we all need to acknowledge and appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking off the air a little earlier. Um, just recently, Carol and I were in Southeast Asia. And, um, you know, there's a lot of beautiful beaches and beautiful mountains. But we were in Phuket um, on Patong Beach. and In Thailand. In Thailand. And no joke every third door was a cannabis store yeah 
like how many stores do you need to sell cannabis to people? As many as possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we went there expecting to see every second door being massages, which right. it was. was. Yes. Then it was cannabis, and then it was custom-made suits. Yeah. Well, there was bars, and there was Seven Elevens by, by the hundreds. So, and, but the cannabis stores fit right in, like it was just part of the neighborhood. It's, yeah. It was really cool to see that. And, and you were saying, you know, recently you were in Toronto, and you saw that as well. Yes, I was in Toronto in November uh, for the launch of uh, Ace Valley's Sex Gummy. Uh, they have two gummies that are called Lust and Thrust, and they're both excellent. And so they actually flew me out to be on a panel uh, at a sex shop and and speak with um, bud tenders and media about sex and cannabis. And as I was there, I got to wander around the city, and I was in awe of seeing dispensaries on every block. It was so cool to just be able to waltz in and, and buy really carefully packaged products and and highly curated uh cannabis strains and i was really impressed by what i saw very yeah, cool very very cool yeah. all right should we um just back up a little bit and let ashley tell us a little bit about what is cannabis and where it's from yeah let's start with the basics just because not everybody understands where it's at absolutely what is cannabis cannabis is a plant First and foremost, it comes from the earth. It comes from nature. So it is a plant that actually contains a number of compounds called cannabinoids, THC and CBD among them. And those compounds we have found actually work with our own body's endocannabinoid system, much like we have a skeletal system and a circulatory system and a nervous system, we have an endocannabinoid system. And the function of that system is to keep our bodies in homeostasis. So this plant is actually incredibly beneficial to our bodies to regulate temperature, pain, um, sensation, and it really, you can have adverse effects if you are cannabinoid deficient. So you can really think of cannabis as a health and wellness supplement, as a medicine. And so this plant has, is something that has been used throughout history from thousands and thousands of years ago, and only in say the early 1900s did the especially United States government get in their heads that, oh, this is a thing that we can use to control the population, uh, especially progressive and uh, communities of color. So let's make it illegal and let's stigmatize it so that we can attack those communities. And it's a real bummer because prior to that, you would see cannabis uh, tinctures in Sears Roebuck catalogs. Mm -hmm. Like it was such a normal part of, of health and wellness. Wow. And so cannabis has come a long way uh, over the last several decades in, in availability. And people are starting to see the myriad of benefits that you can get. And there's so many different ways of consuming it. There's smoking, vaping, edibles, topicals. Um, there's concentrates, there's suppositories, like the the possibilities are almost endless in, in how you can work with cannabis and find something that really suits yourself and your body. Yeah. And now recently, there's been a lot of countries that have legalized cannabis. And we know Canada, for example, you saw in Toronto, yeah. uh, it's totally legal here. What about other places? We saw in Thailand, but we saw for sure not in Indonesia. It, there's no drugs allowed in Indonesia. This is how you arrive in Indonesia. You're, we're on our plane. As we're landing, the flight attendants are saying, just to remind you that drugs are illegal in Indonesia. Indonesia and the the, the maximum, penalty. maximum penalty is death. 
That's, that's what they say. That's what they say wow. on landing. You're on the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you don't bring any in if you want to stay alive. Yeah, exactly. Goodness. But in Europe, we saw tons in Europe. Actually, wait, wait, quite wait. Surprised. But if oh. you go into a restaurant or a bar, people are allowed smoking indoors still. Yeah, indoors. Yeah. Cigarettes. Cigarettes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, go that's figure. unfortunate. Because <laughs> that'll kill you before the drugs. <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> So as I was saying last summer when we were in Europe, we saw tons of cannabis stores. So I didn't quite realize that it was al- always it has already gotten legal in Europe as well. So where in the United States is it legal? Um, it is medically legal in, I want to say, 26 states the last time I checked. And recreational, I think it's in the teens. Okay. So, you still, know, Colorado was go. the first mm-hmm. Utah. Uh, recreational state. Washington, Oregon, California, the West Coast obviously kind of led the way. But now we're seeing the East Coast kind of coming on board. And so where I grew up in Pennsylvania, it's still only medical, but it's recreational in New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland. It's starting to really spread um, with just having adult use and access to to cannabis, which is great. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, a couple of years ago, just before, just after cannabis got legalized in Canada, there were some very entrepreneurial um, students who said, okay, so um, cannabis is legal in Canada, but it wasn't legal in a lot of the U.S. and you can't bring it across the border. So they were standing at security before you went through. And instead of people throwing the cannabis that they might have had with them in the garbage, they were collecting it. <laughs> and they were obviously had a little business reselling it back home. Um, now the airport has said, no, you can't do that anymore. But, you know, kudos to them. <laughs> yeah. As long as there have been humans, there have been people who are entrepreneurial and figure out ways to work the system, which I really have deep admiration for. (laughs) Exactly. So of all the cannabinoids, I think THC and CBD are the most famous. Why don't you tell us a little bit about each of them and how they're different? Absolutely. So in our body's endocannabinoid system, there are two sets of receptors, CB1 and CB2. And THC as a cannabinoid fits into those receptors like a lock and key. CBD actually doesn't. CBD has to bind to something else to fit in with the receptors. And so um, we, in the cannabis industry, we, we call CBD the, the slutty cannabinoid because <laughs> it has weak, ap- weak action at a number of superficial receptors. Right. <laughs> um, and with no offense to sluts, of course, okay. I certainly consider myself to be one. <laughs> um, so CBD tends to be better for inflammation. Um, we're seeing it in high therapeutic doses, which is about 10 to 20 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. So like pretty high doses is a therapeutic dose for CBD. That's been helpful for folks, especially uh, children with seizures. We've seen that in some studies. Whereas THC does so many things. It's it's really, it's not a, a panacea, but it it's pretty darn close. And it's helpful with um, slowing the growth of cancer cells. It's uh, a really great painkiller. It's a vasodilator. So it brings more blood flow to the area. It heightens sensation. It stimulates appetite. So for folks who are undergoing cancer treatments um, and maybe struggle with appetite because of chemo, THC has been a really powerful um, thing for that to help stimulate so people can actually eat. Yeah. Um, so it's a really powerful 
has so many powerful medicinal qualities. And and the two together, THC and CBD and the other cannabinoids, CBG, CBN, THCV, they all work together um, in concert with one another. And we actually call that the entourage effect. So any one of them is potent, but together they are significantly more potent. And they work with these things called terpenes, which are also found in the cannabis plant, as well as every other plant. Terpenes are the things that make plants smell the way they do. So lemons and oranges have a, a terpene called limonene, which is that very Citrus. citrusy yeah. smell that you get, right? Uh, lavender has a terpene called linalool. Um, pine trees have pinene and these different terpenes actually have different effects like in aromatherapy right you know if you smell peppermint it's very enlivening if you smell um citrus um right lemon in the morning you're like oh i'm awake if you smell lavender it's helping you relax and so those things actually steer the effects of cannabis more than what people think of as sativas and indicas, which are really no more than marketing terms at this mm-hmm. point. It's like saying, um, you know, buzzy vibrators are good for orgasms and and G-spotting vibrators are good for something else. Like it, it's, it's just such a, an arbitrary designation. Right. Now, you didn't mention the difference of THC and CBD about hallucin- hallucinogen effect. <sighs> yes. So um, since CBD doesn't actually fit into the the CB1 and CB2 receptors. It doesn't have any impact on your your mental clarity. THC does. It can cause intoxicating effects, specifically in the delta 9 form, uh, which is what happens when when THCA, which is found in in the plant itself, is heated. It does a process called decarboxylation, and it becomes delta 9 THC. And that's that's the stony one that we typically associate with cannabis. Mm-hmm. Is if you're thinking about getting high, it's delta 9 THC. And we're seeing more now of of Delta-8 and Delta-10, these hemp-derived intoxicating cannabinoids that are being found in markets that are maybe not friendly to Delta-9 THC. So they're like, oh, we we don't have Delta-9. It's it's Delta-8. We got it from hemp. So it's fine. It's Mm -hmm. legal. I side-eye those pretty hard, and I would (laughs) encourage you to do the same. Yeah, for sure. Now, you mentioned a ton of different formats that we can use to consume, but what would you say is the best way to consume cannabis? It's honestly different for everyone. It really depends on if you want to be intoxicated or not. Those That's kind of your first differentiating effect is, is if you want to be able to enjoy the benefits of cannabis and not get high, I would recommend topicals. It's a really great option. You can take a bath in THC and it will not get you high. If you do want to have those kind of mind-altering effects, smoking is the most direct route. It comes on the fastest and it's the easiest to titrate. So that tends to be where I would point newbies first because you can take a puff, wait 10 or 15 minutes, see where you're at. You can either stay there or consume more. Whereas with edibles, which people tend to think is an easy, accessible first step, people overconsume edibles with like staggering, staggering frequency. And you don't know, it takes up to two full hours for an edible to take effect. And so if you wait half an hour and you're like, I don't feel anything, I'm going to take more. Oh boy, Mm -hmm. 45 Mm -hmm. minutes later, you were going to be regretting all of your life choices in order. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now I know that smoking uh, cigarettes, of course, causes cancer. Does smoking cannabis also cause cancer? To my knowledge, it does not cause cancer. It is smoke. You are combusting plant matter. So it's not great for your lungs. But 
you know, Willie Nelson and Snoop Dogg seem to be doing all right. So how bad can it be? <laughs> I'm not sure if that's really a good barometer, but we'll stick with that. <laughs> now, we have friends who do gummies regularly, and they told us just recently that they took too much and they had like a really... Oh, what do, what do you call that? A hallucinogenic yeah. pass out in the bathroom experience. Yeah, so um, it's not good. And even though they're used to their gummies, they took too much. So you can't And happen. they drank. So that's what they think. They think it's because they were drinking as well as taking it. Um, and so how much is too much then? It is different for everyone. Um, THC has something called a biphasic effect. So it has opposite effects at high and low doses, uh, where at low doses you get the euphoria, the giggles, the the munchies, the all the feel-good effects. And high doses you get paranoia, rapid heart rate, fainting, nausea, dizziness, all the misery. But high and low is completely based on you. Okay. It's, you know, where one person could do a hundred milligram edible and be like, I feel great. This is awesome. I do five milligrams. And I'm like, that's plenty for me. Mm -hmm. Like you really do kind of have to test it out for yourself. And it can also vary based on your hormones, Mm -hmm. based on how much you've eaten that day, Um, especially for folks who are in perimenopause or different, even just different phases of their cycles where you are can impact how the um, cannabinoids work with you because estrogen specifically modulates THC uptake. Mm -hmm. So you want to pay attention to that. So it's a lot of of trial and error, honestly. So I encourage people to start low, Mm -hmm. go slow and, and pace yourself. And what is, do you know the stats, what people choose edibles versus smoking? Do you know what the percentage of each is? I Based on, I couldn't even tell you, okay. but that would be like in the U.S., in women, in oh, men, in okay, age groups, okay. like there's, there's a gazillion different <laughs> stats, but you see, I think smoking is the most common. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's Especially with the, the history of it, yeah, up. because sure. gummies are relatively new in this last decade, I think, right? and edibles right. in the last decade. So yeah, most likely people are still just smoking them mostly. Brownies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the edibles, yes. Yeah. Those on the, the beach at Hito, sometimes people are like... I'm going to have some brownies, but they have no idea about how much was in the brownies. And later on in the evening, they're like on the floor. Yeah. I strongly caution against homemade edibles. There is almost, unless you are someone who's very savvy and in the industry and understands proper dosing, there's almost no way to tell exactly how strong anything's going to be. And again, it's a ride that you're not going to get off of for four to six hours. Mm-hmm. So like, do you really want to gamble with that? Mm-hmm. And in terms of of inhalation, you could also vaporize cannabis flower. That is my kind of gold standard. If you want to preserve your lungs, I just got over COVID, so I can't like smoke right now, but I can vape flower and that's much easier on my lungs. And that's what I recommend to most people. Oh, interesting. Cool. Wow. I didn't know that. All right. Let's talk about sex. Yeah. So, you know, um, awesome. I mean, the whole topic here is going to be about sex, but now that we understand a little bit more about how the can- cannabinoids work in our body, why do people want to use cannabis before or during sex? Hang on, hang on. I'm going to tell a story. Okay. So um, we had some friends over, the same ones who passed out on the cruise <laughs> That we just November. mentioned. <laughs> so they were over um, for a little swinger activity here. And uh, Carol and I do not do any um, cannabis or gummies or anything. But Carol decided to try um, a little edible that evening. And we were having a lot of fun. And um, it was my turn for both women to suck my cock. And I'm like looking forward to it. And here I have two beautiful women on my cock. And, um, 
in like 30 seconds they were they were done they were just okay we've had enough and i and i said like what's going on and carol goes well we've been doing it for like 20 minutes it was only 30 (laughs) seconds Time goes very differently when you're high. <laughs> so, like, I lost out because they had their I yummy, think they, yummies. I think we went back to it, but because our mouths were so dry, we couldn't really get into <laughs> sucking cock either. Yeah, so they laid down on the bed and ate both their pussies, but, you know, I didn't get that double blowjob I was looking forward to. So that's why David doesn't like sex with cannabis. But anyways, here we go. Why do people do it? People do it for a variety of reasons, but some of the most common I hear are that they feel disconnected from their bodies and they want to feel more present and embodied. I've heard folks talk about feeling pain, whether it's arthritis or just the normal normal stress of living in <laughs> this world and, and all the stress that we hold in our necks and shoulders um, or pain with penetration for folks with vulvas. Lots of those kinds of reasons, but also because it really heightens sensation. It does tend to slow down time. And so you feel a lot more exquisite pleasure when you are consuming cannabis. Again, when done mindfully, it's it's really about zooming in on your why. What are you hoping it's going to do? What What would be a win for you in terms of sex and cannabis? And once you know what you're trying to create, then you can choose products that are going to be conducive to that. For me, um, one of my partners, my, my main partner right now has a very, very girthy penis. And so I need cannabis suppositories to be able to actually take him inside of me because I'm very tight. <laughs> and so I, I need that to help with with discomfort from just the stretch of having something that big inside of me and that's been a godsend you know both during sex and after when i'm like can barely walk (laughs) so would that be cbd that you're inserting which cannabinoid are you using uh thc and cbd there's a company in california called hello again that makes suppositories and they are thc cbd suppositories in various uh ratios there's there's one-to-ones there's two-to-ones there's four-to-ones And you can kind of pick and choose based on what you most need. I like to do a balanced um, because CBD helps with inflammation afterward, but during high THC all the way. I got another story. So last year we did a show. We were in London last year and we went to see our friends, uh, Claudia and David, who own Le Boudoir um, in downtown London. And we met one of their hostesses. Her name was Suri Milf. And she ended up being on our show and she was telling us how she has this unbelievable pain threshold that she she actually gets turned on and she was telling us that at the club her favorite thing is to get fisted so you know someone slides a fist into her pussy and her ass at the same time (laughs) (laughs) wow Double fisting. That Here's Ashley going, I can't even get his cock in my pussy. <laughs> Seriously, like sometimes it takes a little bit of doing, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> and Carol and I are going, okay, we've seen a fist in Carol's pussy, but one in her ass at the oh, same time. Boy. Oh, oh, my boy. God. Interesting, though, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. Now, got to add that to my wish list. <laughs> <laughs> that might need a couple suppositories, I think. A lot of suppositories. You know, before you go there, just try double vag. <laughs> Two cocks in a pussy is pretty spectacular. Yeah, it is fun, too. Absolutely. So what are the main effects of intimacy when you're high? What, what, what's, what does it do to your intimacy levels? What I have found in myself and folks I've spoken to over the years is they feel more deeply connected with their partners. Your heart is open. You 
have that complete presence. You're not thinking about your to-do list or the thing that you thought about last week. You are right here with one another. And that's a really beautiful place to connect from. It also, you know, with the heightened sensations, you're feeling more things. You're feeling more pleasure in just the slightest touch. So it brings new erogenous zones online. You know, maybe you like the back of your knee licked and that's not normally a thing for you. But but when you're using cannabis, it actually brings in this new sensation that you really like. Um, people have found that their orgasms are easier to access when they are using cannabis, especially um, for women with topicals. Oh my goodness. My clit goes from being like a one to two trick pony to like a 10 trick pony. And I feel that my, I find that my squirting increases with, with using cannabis. Now that's not a universal experience. Everyone's a little bit different, but it's really cool to see the ways in which your body kind of comes online differently when you are using cannabis. Mm-hmm. So just recently for science, um, we've been doing an experiment where I've been um, experimenting with Cialis and Viagra. Just for science. Just for science. Right. Just for, for science. Sure. Right. Yeah. science. For science. <laughs> um, because Dr. Andrew Steinberg has been on our show and we've been doing stuff on the penis and the male anatomy and hormones and all that. How does CBD and THC and, and um, the whole experience um, get um, enhanced or, or, or changed um, when someone is also using um, these uh, enhancements for a better erections? So I am not a doctor and I don't play one on TV. So I would definitely consult with your medical professional for, for accurate advice. But what I have heard from, from men, especially those who are using um, Cialis, Viagra and the like, is that they don't really need a lot of cannabis in those cases, maybe a little, but like if you use too much, it's actually going to kind of have a whiskey dick effect. Mm -hmm. So you're better off like going lower consumption. If, especially if you're going to be using, uh, erection enhancing drugs for science. (laughs) Science. Yeah, the science has worked out very well. I think it's just for pleasure. Now. You see Carol smile. <laughs> yeah, we kind of yeah. kind of having fun with it. No, it's really fun. Uh, so I know from my experience, even though I only did that gummy once, and I know he wasn't too happy with us, but only because you fell asleep. We oh, were supposed no, no, to no. have an orgy. No, 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 I know that. I understand we went to bed, but I had sex with you, and I felt that I was a rock star fucking you. I'm telling you, for me, it was amazing. For all 30 seconds? I thought, it, no, that was just the cock sucking that you were <laughs> unhappy <laughs> with. We actually fucked after, and I thought I was doing an amazing job. However, my mouth was so dry. What do you do for that? Dry mouth is a very common effect of THC. So... One thing that I find helpful is, of course, hydrating. Like if you know that you're going to be smoking, hydrate extra. Um, You can also have little things that you suck on, whether it's like a lozenge, a throat drop. Um, They actually make these um, little things that you can suck on that increase saliva production. So those I would for sure recommend. Um, There's a mouthwash company called Smart Mouth that makes a, a mouthwash that is supposed to enhance saliva production. So doing something to kind of supplement, but especially just keeping like a lifesaver or a a Jolly Rancher on your bedside table so that you don't find that like parched, like right, right. Exactly. (laughs) And maybe next time you use a little bit, lot more, lot less 
dosage because you took like I think it was vines. too much. Yeah, I didn't really realize. And I had never done it before. So our friends just gave me one of their gummies. A and I said, gummy. I'm going to try. I should have, like you said, start small. And because of that, I overdose a little bit, I would say, because I was maybe too high compared to David, who was not high at all. So I think if I did try it again, I would maybe start with a quarter of a gummy and you see know what? how that they're, does. They're going to be here tomorrow night. Maybe you guys can repay me for that double blowjob. <laughs> Poor, hard done by David. Just doesn't get enough cock sucking in his Terrible. life. Terrible. Just remember. It actually <laughs> highlights another piece of advice that I have for folks, which is it's a really bad time to try something new when you have an orgy happening. Mm, yeah. Okay, like that is the thing you want to do in a low stakes when you're just masturbating by yourself there on a you Saturday go. afternoon yeah. so that you can figure out how it hits you and exactly what your dose is so that, you know, in the middle of a double blowjob, you're not like, I'm bored. Let's go watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we were done. I'm pretty sure I thought it was 20 minutes had passed. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. So one of the very important questions that um, I, w- I just want to hear your um, your take on is consent is so important when people are having, you know, uh, good sex. Is consent still valid when you're high on cannabis? Consent is still valid if you have had a conversation prior to consuming. I always like to say negotiate before you medicate. So have a conversation about what's on the table, what you're planning to take, what you're expecting the effects to be, how you want to be taken care of if things go amiss, if you find yourself too high or or uninterested in some way. You know, having a partner that's going to be very respectful of, okay, 30 seconds in, you're done. David may have been disappointed, but he did not force you to continue, no, right? Exactly. Like he respected your yes, no. Yes. And that's that's what you want in a partner that you're playing with mm-hmm. with altered states. You mm-hmm. want someone to be like, all right, well, that's that just be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so having the conversation before and then continuing to check in during to make sure some people get nonverbal, they get dissociated if they're too high. And so making sure that if someone's suddenly not responding the way that they typically do when they're enjoying themselves, that you stop and check in. So yeah. so here's here's a, a, a scenario. So let's say you're with someone who absolutely forever is not into anal sex. And then they start smoking up or they get a little high and all of a sudden they say, you know what, I think this is a good time for you to do me up the ass. Is that a good time to explore it for the first time or should you just say, you know what, not right now, let's talk about it when you're not high, when you're not level-headed. That, that second one, that's, yeah. that is the correct answer. Um, a lot of times when we are in altered states, suddenly things seem like a good idea that maybe were never a good idea before. And that's great data to have. And in the debrief afterwards, you can be like, hey, so uh, in the middle of our awesomeness, you thought it would be fun to do anal. And I love that idea, but I didn't want to do it then. So can we talk about what that might look like moving forward? Yeah, Love I mean, that's, that's exactly the right Love answer. It. So right. if you want to try THC, Han, or CBD, go ahead. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> but I only won't. if I agree to have anal sex. No, no, it? no, no. I won't breach that that absolute <laughs> okay. no. Well, thank you, honey. Well, if uh, we discuss it in advance, it could be a possibility. Okay. Oh, there we're making go. progress. There you go. All righty. What an amazing segment. We're going to take a quick break. You know, we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And as usual, we're having an awesome discussion with sex educator, coach, author, Ashley Manta. Coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. So don't go away. We're going to tell you a little bit about topless travel and some of the amazing trips we have coming up for this year. You know, topless travel 
does the sexiest and most erotic vacations ever. So you absolutely have to book with them. You know, they go to Hito 2 in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun. They're part of all the Bliss Cruise adventures. So topless travel needs to be your number one choice. And their trips are all about pushing boundaries and exploring your naughty side and meeting and partying with tons of sexy fun people. Let's just shout out to their exclusive sexy host couples, including Party Mark. They're there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation. Absolutely. And you know you'll find us on many of the amazing topless travel trips. And listen up. We're going to be back at Hito 2 in um, October, October 21st to 28th for one of their sexy silver events. Um, It's going to be a pre-Halloween week-long bash. And we would absolutely love to see you there. And new for 2024, Topless Travel is putting together not one but two bucket list trips from where we will be broadcasting. The first one, March 2nd to 13th, 2024, we're going to be going to Egypt and explore the ancient pyramids, followed by a seven-day riverboat cruise down the Nile to Jordan. Yeah, and on the second one, the second bucket list trip, it's going to be us heading to Kenya for, for an African safari to witness the Great Migration. We'll be glamping in the wild savanna from September 2 to 11, 2024. Space is very limited for both these trips. I think they've already sold out over 70%. Absolutely. So if you don't want to miss out on these amazing adventures with other sexy, open-minded friends, then go and book your room today. Do it before it's too late. Just do it. And for more information about these trips or any of the Topless Travel events, you can simply go to sexylifestyle.com and click on the Topless Travel Events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation Ever, 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 ever. We love traveling with Topless Travel. And, you know, it's not about the sex. It's about the people. And we meet some of the most amazing people on all our adventures. So please join us. Alrighty, This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. Let's get back to our show. Um, we've been talking with sex educator, coach, and author Ashley Manta. So now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters. And we all deserve it. And we do know that great sex happens because we have great communication. So let's start with all the different kinds of conversations that we could have with our partners before we engage in cannabis, kind of like what we talked about just before the break. What should we be talking about before we take cannabis, especially into the bedroom? Yeah, if we're going to be planning to have sex later. So many things. I like to have a very thorough pre-talk a few days before and then again the day of before you get into sexy times. So a few days before you want to set aside how much time you have for this exploration together. Is this going to be a quickie in the afternoon? Is this going to be all day and all night? You guys are going to the hotel for the weekend and and you're just going to kind of put do not disturb on the door and, and disappear into each other. How much time do you have? And then what kinds of cannabis are you thinking of consuming? Do you want to do edibles, inhalables, topicals? And what are you hoping it's going to do for you? Have you used them before? What's your appropriate dose? Figuring all of those things out. What kinds of things do you want to have on hand uh, in terms of, of sensuality supplies? Incense, playlists, lights. You know, How are you going to make your environment really incredible and conducive to as much pleasure as possible? And then what kinds of sexy activities are on the table? What do you want to co-create together? What do you want to explore? Maybe you do want to try anal for the first time and you know that suppositories are really helpful for that, for helping to relax the tissue without causing any kind of numbness because we know for anal, we never want to numb, right? 
So those are a couple days before. Day of, you have another check-in. How are we feeling today? Did anything change since we started planning this little adventure for ourselves? Are you? Did you wake up with a terrible headache? Did you have a really bad fight last night? And now you're like, mm, you know what? Maybe that's not what we want to do this weekend, whatever that looks like. Any adjustments in terms of uh, what you're planning to take or how much you're planning to take and then making sure that you have plenty of water or things to hydrate with like Pedialyte or liquid IV or Gatorade or, or those kinds of electrolyte replenishing hydration tools. And then if there's anything updated around what's on the table or what's not on the table, you know what? I thought I wanted to try anal today, but um, I had some really bad sushi last <laughs> night and today is not a good day to try anal, <laughs> like whatever that looks like. Yeah. 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 And then you set your intentions, create the container and and have a good time. And then afterward, as you are lying in just ecstatic bliss in that afterglow space, you can start to check in. How was that for you? What did you love? What really went well? What was not your favorite thing that you maybe don't want to do next time? And that doesn't have to happen immediately after, but I would say within the next couple hours to 24 hours, like have a, a check-in debrief. And that it's it's very rich to kind of go through and to harvest your takeaways from that experience. And did we have some transcendent, deep, heart-opening, soul-connection experience that we now need to integrate into the fabric of our lives? Or were we like, yeah, that was fine. Oh, interesting. How did it go? Now, do we, when you're uh, high on cap- cannabis, do you uh, actually lose memory? Is it like alcohol? Sometimes you forget what you were doing? Short-term memory can be a little bit challenging sometimes with cannabis. So if you're very, very high, you may not remember all of it. If you're just moderately high, it might be like, okay, I'm sucking your cock. And then, oh, you know what? I'm going to go get that toy. And then you're still sucking the cock and you're like, wait, what was I going to do? Like, it's that kind of short-term memory. So actually debriefing is sometimes fun to remember the experience, to remind each other what you were doing and it'll bring back memories immediately before they're lost forever, basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Dave and I actually, we do a lot of debriefing, especially when we first met each other and even the first five, six years together, we did a lot of debriefing that really helped our relationship. And even now I find it's almost like a compliment to review what we did together and say, oh, you know, I really liked when you did X or Y. The replay. Yeah, the replay, because it's ah. fun to set that into your brain and remember it. And also, you now you're visualizing it again and maybe just, you know, saying, wow, that was pretty hot, hun. It makes you feel good. And, and of course, if something wasn't good, you should also mention it. It's not something you should let go by. And then it mm-hmm. comes up again. And, oh, I didn't say it again. You know, like you really should be discussed in but a very positive way. A few, a few weeks ago or a month ago, we had planned a date night and we were going to do, we opened up the Kama Sutra book and we had picked a couple of positions that we wanted to try. And um, it was a real beautiful, sexy evening. We had candles and um, the aroma therapy and the music was on and we got into sex and I got into giving Carol this awesome pussy massage. And we got into having this really, really 10 on 10 sexual experience and we finished and the replay was, you know, we didn't do anything that we planned to do. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Yeah. It, it's, it's just, it's just great. And then we put it aside and we said, okay, next time we'll try it. Right. But, you know, um, everything is so fluid and that debrief is really important. We call it the replay, especially when we go into a swinger situation. 
because you don't always see everything that's going on and one person does and you see something cool and say, you know, we should try that. And um, that's how we keep our, our sex life spicy. We're always talking about things that, you know, we see other people do. We hear what other people are up to. Um, you know, you were telling us you about you and your new boy toy. And, you know, um, it's just very cool to listen to other people and their experiences. And um, when you get into a situation where they're like, you know, we, we what do you call it? whiskey dick? So, yeah. you know, we don't hang out with people who are totally drunk, nor will we hang out with people who are totally high. But if you have that little buzz going, um, you can have a really, really good time. And what do we say? Don't change the rules on the fly. So if you go into something, you know, just do what you're mm-hmm. planning on doing and hopefully you have a great time. And if you don't get everything done, there's always a next time. So then what if what if you make your plan, you execute execute your plan, but the high is a little different than you planned because it's not always exactly what you think, especially if it's a gummy, like you said, or an edible that your body might um, use react to differently, react to differently depending on your hormone levels or where you are in your, in your uh, menstrual cycle. So what if it doesn't work out exactly the same? Then what? Well, I mean, first, it sort of depends on if it's it's working out, not working out the same in a good way or a way that you're like, not wild about how this is going. But I think it's really important to be able to adapt in the moment. Mm-hmm. And if you're starting to feel ready to be done, or you know what, I thought that this was going to be a night of sexy bliss, and I would actually really rather just cuddle and make out and, and throw on a movie. I think releasing attachment to outcomes is really important when you're playing sex in altered states. Like it's you really need to be able to to listen to your body and to honor your boundaries as they arise and and to have a partner who is equally invested in, you know, just because we said we were going to do this, I want to make sure that you're having a good time. So right. if you're not having a good time, I'd like to be doing something else. Right. So right. there's there's a lot of, of maturity and, and compassion that goes into sex and altered states. And you don't say it was a failure or was a bad experience. No. It's just a different experience than what you had planned because, exactly. you know, yeah, it doesn't and, always and, work out. And, you know, we've been talking a lot lately about orgasm not being the ultimate outcome and the other day the other day carol and i you know we planned to have sex and i laid her on the bed and i said hun i'm gonna massage you i'm gonna touch your pussy i'm gonna lick your pussy but this is not about an orgasm you can take out the toy later and finish yourself off if you want but this is just about pure pleasure for your enjoyment Mm -hmm. And in the end, she took out the toy and had this awesome orgasm, but it wasn't like that when I was going down on her, she needed to focus on coming because that was the ultimate goal. It was just about her lying there for Mm -hmm. her pleasure. Mm -hmm. I think that is the best attitude to have when you are moving into erotic space to just be focusing on pleasure. Mm-hmm. Orgasm is great. We we love orgasms, but that does not have to be the benchmark benchmark for whether or not sex is successful. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. if you feel good, if you're enjoying what's happening, if you feel connected and and all the things that you want to be feeling, that is enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when you take away that pressure, that that fixation on orgasm, you actually end up enjoying yourself significantly more. And especially on cannabis where your your senses are heightened, how what kind of uh, suggestions can you have to set up like a, a play space to maximize those senses? Okay, so I am a card-carrying hedonist and a Taurus to boot. So I like the maximum <laughs> amount of sensory input. I want incense, candles, a really well-curated playlist. I want soft fabrics and a, a cushy mattress and pillows. I want 
furniture under my hips, like uh, a liberator yeah. wedge, for instance, to like take the pressure off my low back. I want silks and satins. I want <laughs> I want delicious like raspberries and dark chocolate to like snack on in between positions. Nice. <laughs> and of course, very, very well curated toys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. And that's what you do for self-pleasuring? It is self-pleasure and partner pleasure, but for sure by myself, I make masturbation into a ritual uh, as my mentor, Betty Dodson, taught me. Yeah, exactly. So tell us a little bit why why masturbation is so important. Masturbation is important across the board because your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you will have in your life. You come into this world by yourself, you leave this world by yourself, and you are the only person in the world that you can ever really truly depend on who will be there for you no matter what. So cultivating a a self-love practice where you know how to make yourself feel good, you know how to honor your body, you know how to nourish your senses and how to draw out pleasure in so many different ways, that is going to make you a better lover because you can share with your partner so they don't have to, you know, intuitively divine what Mm -hmm. you enjoy. You can say, hey, touch me like this. Here, watch me do this. Watch me masturbate. I will show you exactly how to touch me. Right. That is huge. And masturbation is a great um, playground for you to explore altered states. Let me see how I feel when I've done an edible or when I've smoked this new product or, or tried this new topical. Masturbate, see how it feels, see how your orgasm is, if orgasm is a thing and and then you know going into partnered space. Yeah, absolutely. So um, some of the sex toys that are out on the market today are, I don't want to say complicated to operate, but they have three and four and five buttons. And in a normal state, Carol has a <laughs> challenge just turning them on. <laughs> and off. <laughs> what uh, would you suggest to someone who's set up a moment or an hour or some time to do some self-pleasuring like you were saying in that great moment? And... What type of toy that would be simple, maybe, you know, an edible or something is going to, you know, make them a little fuzzy. Do they need a simple toy or something that they've practiced using before? I think knowing how to use your toys going into masturbation can be helpful. So that way you're not trying to like figure it out while you're turned on like that because being turned on you know if you've ever been really 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 turned on that could almost be intoxicating in and of itself right so so what's what's your favorite toy honestly it is it is the most basic toy it's the we vibe tango the original tango Um, it's just this little buzz um it's this little rumbly kind of lipstick style vibe and it's so simple, but I love the the pinpoint vibration. I love the deep, thuddy, rumbly vibration. And that's the one I reach for most frequently, solo and partnered. But I also really love the womanizer. I love that pleasure air technology, um, just like suckling on my clit. I'm usually not much of a penetration person when I'm masturbating, but now that I'm dating someone whose dick is a Coke can, um, <laughs> I have to start, I have to train in between when I see him so that my pussy doesn't like break. Um, hun, hun, so- have, you, have you tried the womanizer? Oh yeah, it's my favorite toy. That's it's that's so my good. go-to. That's my go-to. But just recently, I've I've actually discovered she that wore the, one out. Okay, yes, I've worn a couple out. But <laughs> just recently, I've discovered that, that pinpoint pleasure, which I never used to grab before. But I like that now. I've kind of 
David stuck it in our, our suitcase when we were going to Asia because it was small and I was using the pinpoint as well as the womanizer. And I said, oh, this is kind of new. It's kind of fun to play with. Yeah. It's really lovely. I love it to stimulate the clitoral legs. I love it um, for blowjobs, like putting against my cheek or under my chin to make my mouth vibrate or to have it like going around the balls, like to really just pile on the pleasure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So fun. All right. You know, we're uh, getting to the end of the show. We're going to ask you a couple more questions. But um, the first one is, um, do you have a memorable sex story about when you and your partner were just like a little bit on the edge there and you were having a good time? I do, actually. Um, It was in Toronto. It was my second date uh, with my lover that I met in Toronto. And we went to Oasis Aqua Lounge Mm -hmm. for our second date. And as you know, uh, cannabis is legal in Canada and you are allowed to consume on the outside patio at Oasis. So he brought me a whole bunch of joints that he had pre-rolled. And so we went out and we smoked and then we went inside uh, through the inside into the outdoor pool area. And so we were both naked in the pool. My legs were wrapped around him. We were kissing. We were both a little high. The moon was full and just shining down on us. And I felt so ecstatic with him like even though he wasn't actually penetrating me I we were just like very close and kissing and and our hands were all over each other I I felt like we were having sex which we were like I I believe that sex far transcends Mm -hmm. penis and vagina Mm -hmm. right but it was so incredibly hot to just be a little stoned in warm water outside under the moonlight with this new person who just seemed to intuitively know how to make my body feel good ah. that I just remember thinking, I want to do this again with this person cool. over wow. and over and over again. So he actually came out in January for 10 days and was my date to the Biz awards. And we had so much sex for wow. 10 days in <laughs> I, LA. I and now I'm going out next month to to teach at Oasis about sex and cannabis Yay. and to bring him with me and have more Oasis sex. Well, <laughs> Sounds well, yummy. Maybe we'll see you there. We have a great story about Oasis. We know uh, the owners there and everybody there really well. But we were there a couple of years ago on the coldest night of the year ever, ever. Yeah. It was minus 40. We were in the pool. We were in the pool and no joke, Carol's hair froze above the water. And we were having sex in the pool at minus 40. And it was the most, I want to call it like a BDSM. It was pain <laughs> yeah, and kind, pleasure kind of. what was going on. But it was so hot and horny. And you'd think, you know, with that temperature, the guys couldn't stay hard. Both of us were rock hard. Um, we went inside and we finished later. But it was just one of those experiences where everything was frozen on but the we top. literally ran out to the pool naked in the minus 42 degrees and jumped in the hot pool and yeah that's why my my hair froze because it was wet <laughs> and it froze instantly <laughs> but we said we got to do this we're here you know like this is the coldest day on earth but it, so it, we got to do this it is really uh, we've been to many of the lifestyle swinger clubs in north america but having that pool on the top of the roof just it's like you're you're in this oasis that's why it's mm-hmm. called oasis and I mean, it's open all day, all evening, uh, 12 months a year, and it's really a cool experience. And uh, anybody out there listening, um, go give them, um, uh, say hello. They're a great club. It's downtown Toronto. 
and um, they have the Scooby van in there where you can have sex <laughs> in the shag van. It's very, they have very so many cool things. And do. come see me on March 11th. I'm teaching a sex and cannabis class yeah, there. Absolutely. And there's a good chance that we're going to be there with Ashley. Yeah, that will be I great. would love to see you both. That would be such a pleasure. And you can meet the legendary lover who, who blew my mind so Yay. profoundly. We look forward to that. <laughs> cool. Now, I know you did mention that we're not supposed to really try new things in a swinger situation, that maybe we should try those kinds of things beforehand. Um, but is there something, uh, is there a boundary that we should like look out for um, so that we don't cross some boundaries when if we're deciding to get high and maybe there's other people around? I think adhering to the less is more principle is always going to serve you. Um, and also to use cannabis in ways that are non-intoxicating when you're in group settings. Mm. So no one wants to be the person that's too stoned, like being sloppy and inappropriate. So, you know, doing things like suppositories and topicals, um, they even have topical massage oils and such. Those are great. Or if you're going to consume intoxicating methods like inhalation or edibles, just a tiny little bit that you're feeling good, but not feeling stoned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Good and, advice. And, and, and the same rules apply. Ask first, no means no. If you don't oh get- Oh my goodness, if, yes. If you don't get an enthusiastic yes, it's a no and <laughs> mm -hmm. respect, respect, respect. Definitely. Final so, advice. So, well, yeah, we are coming to the end of our show and we always like to leave our audience with some final advice. So this is just a bit of a wrap up from probably what we've been discussing all this time. But when it comes to using cannabis to elevate the sexual experience, what should we talk about the most important thing? How about the top two things we need to talk about before we get into our sexual experience? Top two things to talk about are... Um, and I consider this all one thing, fears, boundaries, and desires. What are you afraid is going to happen? What are your boundaries around what's about to happen? And what do you want to have happen? And two, how do you want to be taken care of if things go in a direction that you're not expecting? Great. So if, if I find myself feeling really anxious and nauseous and not good, do you want to be wrapped up like a sushi burrito? Do you want to be left alone? Do you want a hot shower? Like, how can I take care of you and show up for you if you're having a difficult time? Love it. And I, I think I'm going to add, like we always say in a swinger situation, is both of you went into it agreeing and you can't hold it against each other. If shit hits the fan, talk about it, try something different and, and next learn time from and it, learn basically. from it basically yeah. absolutely great all righty ashley manta from canisexual thank you so much for being here today all that great information why don't you tell everyone how they can find you absolutely thank you all so much for for wanting to find me in the world you can go to my website canisexual.com or my online courses at elevatedintimacy.com you can find me on instagram at canisexual uh on twitter at the canisexual and i have my own podcast that's been on hiatus but i have a, a log of about 60 episodes that is elevated intimacy podcast uh and actually it's looking like we're gonna revamp that starting this year so keep an eye out for new episodes yay good congratulations and of course if you missed any of that information you just have to go to our website thesexylifestyle.com where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all of their information and you can even contact them there if you have any questions about their work and like we did this week on this show, we're learning more and more from all our great guests. We hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Alrighty, the end of another great show with another awesome guest, Ashley Manta. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And as we do every week, we want to thank all our listeners for being here week in and week out. 
And uh, join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I and Ashley send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David.